Hello, I'm Beth Fateni, the director of the New York-based nonprofit Green Inside and Out and host of the Green Inside and Out podcast, where we cover environmental topics to keep you informed, inspired, and empowered to take action. I am here with my guest, Jessica Schreiber. She is the executive director of FabScrap, a New York-based textile recycling and reuse company. Prior to launching FabScrap, Jessica Schreiber worked for the New York City Department of Sanitation as a senior manager in the Bureau of Recycling and Sustainability. She helped launch and then managed New York City's e-waste and clothing recycling contracts, including Refashion NYC, a residential clothing reuse program, which recycled over 6 million pounds of clothing, and New York City's first ever curbside clothing collection pilot. She has a master's in climate and society from Columbia University. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Excited to have you on our show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so tell us, what is FabScrap? Um, FabScrap is a New York City-based nonprofit, and we work specifically with pre-consumer textile waste, um, so all of the fabric waste and fashion waste from the design process. And we provide a service to fashion companies and then also a resource for makers so that they can access all of this extra material and we try to just keep as much fabric out of landfill as possible. That's great. I'm so happy to hear that this is happening right here in New York. It's great. <laughs> so, so how did FabScrap get started? You founded it, right? Yeah. Um, about three years ago, we um, just turned three in September. Um, and really, like from that nice intro that you gave, um, I, I started to hear about the issue of pre-consumer textile waste while I was still at sanitation. Uh, fashion companies were reaching out and asking what they could do with all of their fabric waste that wasn't garments yet. Um, and there wasn't really the same thrift network for the raw materials as there was for like the finished and used products. And so um, as more and more companies started to reach out, um, I pulled a little working group together. It was about 30 brands. And it happened to be 30 women, all of whom are like trying to recover all of this excess material. Um, and we just talked about what existed as solutions, what some of the major obstacles were. And that really became kind of like a good focus group for figuring out how FabScrap might work as a service to the industry, but also as like a waste diversion uh, organization. Yeah, so it's exciting. You're you're such a new company, but yet I think you're making such a big impact already. And and I see that you have um, quite a team assembled. So tell me about the FabScrap team. Yeah, we um, we are now a team of five. Um, so for the first year of the business, I actually rented a U-Haul once a week and drove company to company and picked up all of their extra fabric. Um, but that quickly became unsustainable. Um, in three years, we're now working with almost 400 brands. Um, so we have a third party who helps us out with all of the pickups and collection of the material. And we're now a team of five. Um, it's someone who sort of oversees the service and the operation, someone who's overseeing our volunteers and our community, and someone overseeing um, our retail space and like uh, fabric pop-up events and our online store and all of our reuse. And so we just opened a new um, retail location this summer and we hired one more person there. So that's our 
five-person and growing team. It's fantastic. I wish you the best with all that. I know you've just opened the new location, so that's a big, big effort. (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) So just so our listeners understand, you, you said that you're a nonprofit organization, and I know that there are a lot of thrift stores that that operate as nonprofits, but but it sounds like you're pretty different. So how, how are you different from these other, you know, nonprofit and thrift stores? Yeah. Um, so most nonprofits um, that work in sort of like fabric reuse and donation, they're all taking used goods. So used clothing, used shoes, used home goods. Um, and I've worked with them in the past, like working at sanitation. Um, I've kind of sorted with them too and understand how their process works. And they really sort for what is the highest quality that they can resell in their thrift store. And then that resale um, generates revenue that then goes towards their charitable mission. So for Goodwill, it's providing jobs for people with disabilities or our local thrift store housing works, works with people who are homeless or who have HIV. Um, So they're really sort of taking these used goods and pulling out the highest value stuff and then using that revenue to support their mission. Uh, We work a little bit differently. Um, We, I really didn't want to be publicly funded because I felt like the waste that we were receiving was an industry supply chain problem. Um, It's just like so much extra fabric gets ordered and not all of it gets used. And so I really wanted the industry to fund the solution. Um, so we have a service fee for pickup of the material the same way that companies pay for their recycling of plastic or glass or paper or their trash pickup. There's a service fee for their textile pickup. Um, and then our thrift store is really like raw material. And so it's yards of fabric, it's skins of leather, cones of yarn, trim and embellishments. Um, but none of it is used. It's all excess and it's all been recovered from landfill. So we differ a little bit in like how we are funded, but also in what we're presenting. Cause I think most people associate thrift with used and nothing that we have um, for sale is, is used. It's all just excess. Um, but we do try and keep those thrift store prices. So everything is um, very, very affordable, but really high quality fabrics. It's amazing that you're able to keep so much out of the landfill that would otherwise be waste. And I, I imagine that, um, the, you know, students that are <laughs> especially that are, you know, just up and coming would just walk in there and find it to be like a candy store. <laughs> it must oh, totally, be so fun. <laughs> totally. And that's, we are located like across the street from FIT. So it's. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so how does a fashion company start working with you to recycle their fabric waste? Um. That has, we've been in the really fortunate position where um, we haven't had to do a lot of like recruiting and sales to companies about our service. It's all been word of mouth. Um, And so for a company to sign up for Fab Scrap Service, there's an online form. You just talk about kind of the fabric waste that you have, how much, and then we have a service agreement and then we send out um, Fab Scrap bags. They're basically like extra large laundry bags. They hold about 50 pounds of fabric and we have brown bags and black bags, uh, black bags for anything that's proprietary. That material will get shredded and become installation and then brown bags for everything else. And anything that we get in a brown bag, we can reuse, resell, give away. 
Um, and so we really try and pick up everything either on rolls or in the bags. And then um, invoice for the service fee after pickup. And as part of the service, we also give every brand that we work with a report on their impact. So how much they diverted, what was recycled, what was reused, and, and their CO2 savings. Oh, that's terrific because you it's important to measure. You know, it's that's definitely part of measuring the success. <laughs> yeah. And and I think as much as companies appreciate the service of actually like getting the material out of their space, they also like the information that then they can use in their own like CSR reporting. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's great. That's very important. So I saw on your website also that you have volunteer opportunities at Fab Scrap. So I imagine being right across from FIT, which is the Fashion Institute of Technology for listeners that weren't familiar with it. Um, it must be a great opportunity for, for people right across the street and, and elsewhere to volunteer. So what's that like? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're bringing in um, about 6,000 to 7,000 pounds of fabric every week. Mm. Um, so wow. we, we need a lot of extra hands to help sort through it. And we're basically just sorting things for reuse or recycling. So we pull out everything over a yard for reuse. And then the smaller pieces like swatch cards and fabric headers, those we just have to remove non-fabric elements. Um, so paper, staples, stickers, we just have to remove things that aren't fabric. And then um, we sort those slightly by their fiber type. So we do sort out anything with spandex because we can't shred spandex. And then we sort out 100% cotton, 100% poly, and 100% wool because there's opposite of spandex. Those three um, pure fiber types are very recyclable. And then everything else gets put into a giant pile, which we'll bring to our shredder where it will become insulation or carpet padding. Um, so you really like to volunteer, don't have to know a lot about fabric. You don't have to be in the fashion world. Um, it's a good way to just kind of like see behind the scenes of an industry and, and give back. Um, and as a thank you, everybody who volunteers gets to take home five pounds of fabric for free. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> that's it's a good great. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So how can people access all the fabric that you save from the landfill? I know you said you have the one location, but are there other ways as well? Yeah, so we um, definitely volunteering, like volunteering at the warehouse, take home some fabric for free is a good way. Um, we also, the warehouse is open to the public for walk-in sales. Um, and at the warehouse, we sell, we sell everything by the pound. So it's $5 a pound. Um, we have tons of fabric there. We also have our retail location near FIT, um, where it's more traditionally sold by the yard, but everything is 5 to 15 a yard. Um, we have our online store where we have fabric by the yard. We have um, scrap packs and yard packs and trims. Um, we also just put up some fab scrap bags. Um, if you're looking for a new laundry bag, <laughs> we've retired some of the old fab scrap bags and they're up there. Um, We've also done a few pop-ups where we'll bring a bunch of fabric to design schools or fashion schools in the area and sell fabric to students from their own campus, just so that it's really accessible for them to choose a more sustainable fabric option. Um, really for us, it's just like, how can we redistribute as much of this fabric as possible? 
And where is your warehouse located? Our warehouse is located at the Brooklyn Army Terminal uh, in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Oh, okay, cool. So there's a Brooklyn and a New York City location that people yes. can access. It's yeah. wonderful. That's great. So I'm very interested about all the data that you said you were collecting. So tell us a bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I think that comes from my waste management background of just wanting, <laughs> <laughs> wanting everything to be tracked and, and transparent. Um, so we weigh every single bag and every single roll that we get from each brand. And so we have great data on the number of each color bags, the number of rolls that we're picking up, how many pickups we do, the number of companies that we work with, um, the number of volunteers and how many times they come back, the amount of fabric that we're selling and redistributing. And a lot of this is all based on weight. Um, that's definitely like waste management. Um, sometimes people ask, how many yards have you saved from landfill? And I'm, I don't have that answer, but I know now we're just over 400,000 pounds um, yeah. saved from landfill. And I think that that's really important because um, while there's great records of sort of residential waste, there's really not a good measure or characterization of commercial waste, like what businesses are throwing away. And so this is, this is a good way to sort of like see one very small sliver of that, of like, here's, here's fabric and trim and raw material that would otherwise go to landfill. And we can start to, we can start to characterize it and, um, and measure it. So we do share that cumulatively as FabScrap, and then each brand also gets, as I mentioned, their own report with their own data. It's fantastic because, I mean, you know, I think many of our listeners would appreciate the fact that even, you know, material going into a landfill starts to break down and creates methane, which is a, you know, potent greenhouse gas. So everything is related. So it's important to be able to measure those, those impacts. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> we, um, we've tried to make that whole concept of how the fabric is related to climate change really um, tangible and digestible for people. And so we've sort of worked out that for every 10 pounds of fabric, say from landfill, has the CO2 reducing equivalent of planting a tree. Oh, wow. That's great. That's very helpful for people to understand the impact. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention all the energy that goes into making these fabrics and the dyes and the toxins and the work, you know, the labor, so many issues. Exactly. So. And so, so much better to use material that already exists instead of creating all of these new resource and, and pollution problems. That's great. So I know you said a lot of um, fab scraps, uh, notoriety has come about just by word of mouth. So how do most people find out about FabScrap? Is it, is it just word of mouth? Are you marketing as well? Um, we, it, I would say it's mostly word of mouth, um, but word of mouth these days also includes social media. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so we do have like a really great social media community. I love when people come into the store and they get fabric and then they'll share what they made. Um, and we try and share that out too, because it's so cool to see what this fabric can become. Um, when we, when I started FabScrap, a lot of people asked like, well, what are you going to make with all this fabric? And I never wanted to make anything. I just wanted to like provide <laughs> the fabric for other people to make things. And so I think that's my favorite is like getting tagged in things that people have made. 
Um, definitely, we do a lot of like public speaking and I guess lecture at a lot of schools. I'm on a lot of um, panels and we've had some great press. And so for us, it's like the more people who know, the more people who know, and it kind of snowballs. Um, so we've had 3,000 volunteers so far. Um, it's it's really kind of like incredible to see how this resonates with people and how people get involved. Well, I hope you get some more volunteers from listening to this show. Yes, My please listeners. come volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> we're on this. We're on the Stony Brook campus here, so. <laughs> So it sounds so exciting. So what do you envision as being next for Fab Scrap? Um, we are growing so quickly. I um, had like when I was doing sort of my initial business plan, I was thinking if we're working with 200 brands in year three, that would be great. And we're about to pass 400. Um, so part of it is just keeping up with the demand. Uh, the industry is really kind of pivoting to focus on sustainability and we're immediately adoptable, which is attractive to a lot of companies. So we're just trying to keep up with demand. Um, part of that demand is also being in other locations. And so next year, I would really love to um, start operating in Los Angeles and start to kind of build a similar network and strategy on the West Coast. Um, so we're going to be fundraising pretty heavily for that through the end of the year and starting next year so that we can we can start to operate in more cities and reach more companies and redistribute more fabric. Wow. Being on the West Coast would be fantastic. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. We're <laughs> excited. Nervous, nervous and excited. <laughs> yes, I, I would imagine so. <laughs> but um so are you, do you have any upcoming events that you'd like to share with our listeners? Always, yes. Um, we are doing a costume contest um, all way through the month of October. Uh, anybody who upcycles their costume and makes their costume out of fab scrap fabric or other upcycled materials, we call it Fab Fright. And if you post a picture, we have prizes for our favorite costumes. Um, and that contest is going to culminate on November 2nd, um, which yes, is after Halloween, but we're going to ask everybody to resurrect their costumes, <laughs> um, bring the costume back from the dead and wear it again to a big sort-a-thon on November 2nd, where we're going to be sorting from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Oh, that's such a cute idea. I, I hope everybody gets into it and wears their costume. Um, really excited. That event just got sponsored by Fiskars. So we have brand new scissors for the Sortathon. So I think it's going to be really fun. Oh, that's so cool. And I know this week you're speaking at the Fashion Institute of Technology. Um, they're having their sustainability week. So people can check that out online as well if you're interested. Yes. And um, next week, I'm happy to, to say I'll be speaking at Drexel University in Pennsylvania with your colleague, Camille. Um, that'll be on Monday, October 21st. So I'm sure we'll be put, posting on social media about that as well. Definitely. So I definitely encourage all of our listeners to check out your website. So your website is fabscrap.org. Yes. And um, we tend to be better about updating our Instagram, which is at fab underscore scrap. Okay, great. Fab underscore scrap. Underscore scrap. <laughs> I love it. So... Any closing thoughts since we have to wrap up, unfortunately? Um, no, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to kind of share our work and how we're growing. And 
for anybody who needs fabric, come volunteer and get it for free or check out our online store or our new shop uh, in Chelsea. And you can always reuse um, or upcycle instead of buy new. Yay. I love it. And I know that you had made me aware recently, I saw you at an event and you had said there's a law in New York City that if there's a certain amount of waste from a company, they have to recycle and maybe that's not even being enforced. So, Uh, you know, working on legislation is so important too. Totally. Most, um, I think most companies aren't aware that that's a law. It's if 10% or more of a company's waste is textiles, they're supposed to be recycling it. Um, of the 400 companies that we work with now, none of them knew that that was a law. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely like, I would love to spend some time, um, working on the policy and the enforcement and sort of figuring out how to make that, um, something that companies know about and is enforced and helps pivot the industry to be less wasteful. It's great. It's great. Well, I hope we can do anything, you know, anything we can do here on Long Island, We'll, we'll try and help with, and I hope yeah. it extends across the country. <laughs> Thank you. That brings us to the end of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, learned a lot, and feel inspired to take actions to protect our earth and your health. I want to thank our team, our sound engineer, Jonathan Flores, content strategist, Rose Chapano, administrative assistant, Logan Straussman, and Jessica Chappelle on social media. You can find the Green Inside and Out podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other podcast platforms. Please subscribe and give us a review. If you would like to sponsor a podcast, please see our website, greeninsideandout.org, where you can also learn more about the work we do. We appreciate your support. So until next time, stay green.